Chapter 1. Perth, Western Australia, 1995. Sex is power. That's all there is to it, particularly if you're a 23-year-old male. As in, you have no power and it runs roughshod over you. You spend most of your time thinking about how to get it, any way you can, and preferably with the most beautiful girl possible. So when you actually do stumble across a stunningly beautiful woman a few years your senior who thinks you're God's gift to women, well, you're in serious trouble. I should know. When I met Jody and we hooked up, I was elevated to another plane on the social scale. I was that guy who went out with her. The two of us arrived at parties and people stared at her with open mouths. Then they looked at me and tried to work out what the fuck was going on. Hell, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. All I knew was that I was in love with the most beautiful woman in the world. But a few weeks into our intense relationship, she dropped a bombshell on me. She was moving to Sydney to become a model, and nothing could change her mind. She had purchased her plane ticket and given notice at her job before the two of us had even met. I tried to reason with her. I tried to make her see that something as special as what we had was so rare that it couldn't be tossed aside. At least, it was rare for me. Thinking back, maybe it hadn't been that rare for her at all. And then she blew my mind with the suggestion that I move to Sydney as well. This was a pretty big deal, and something which I had never considered before. My entire life was in Perth, an oversized town perched in complete isolation on the left side of Australia. I had a job in a chic bar. I rented a groovy inner-city apartment. But the most important thing in my life was my band. We had worked hard to get to a point where we stood a chance of actually making it. And now this girl just blithely suggested that I chuck all of this and head on across to the other side of the continent. Like I said, sex is power. It took me about a day to make the decision to go. I told my bandmates on the night of what turned out to be both our most successful and final gig. They promptly quit in disgust. I couldn't believe it. I thought they could keep going with someone else, but apparently I was the glue that bound everything together. But I didn't want to be glue. I wanted to be with Jody. And so I sat on my overloaded bike at the top of the low, scraggy hills above Perth. Jody had already left over a month ago, after the most obscene makeout session ever seen at a boarding gate. I'd divided the rest of the time between phone sex with her and packing up my entire life. And today was the day of my departure. I should have felt excited to be finally on my way. But the truth was that I was nervous and scared. Not just because I was about to ride my motorbike all the way across Australia. I had no idea what my reception in Sydney would be like. Jody had hung up on me on our last phone conversation after I made the dreadful mistake of drunk dialing her to confess my undying love. And she hadn't answered the phone since. But I was still going because, hey, love conquers all, right? The thing is, when you're young and clueless, you really need to find these things out for yourself. And the only way to do that is to make terrible decisions like I was about to do. So I kickstarted the bike's old engine and, after waiting for a break in the traffic, pulled out and headed east. There's probably an optimal way to ride a 20-year-old motorbike alone across Australia, but I didn't do it that way. First of all, you don't ride a bike that's almost as old as you are. In the desert, if you break down, you can die waiting for someone to turn up. Tourists check out like this all the time. So do Australians, though you think we'd know better. They'll be driving their vehicle down a lonely desert road and something will go wrong. Then they'll sit there for an hour or so wondering what to do, until finally they make the deadly mistake that is common to all of these unfortunate deaths. They'll leave their vehicle and walk off looking for help. Fifteen kilometers is usually about as far as they get, depending on the time of year. And then they find a little tree, and they sit down, and they die. So if you're riding across Australia, you need to have some sort of backup plan. I didn't have one of those. And you need to carry a lot of water, assuming you don't want to die. 
Calling points at prearranged intervals to someone back home is also a very good idea, but neither myself or any of my friends or family thought about this one. A first aid kit in case you get bitten by a scorpion that was sleeping in your boot, or a snake crawls into your tent and snuggles up for warmth is also highly desirable. I did none of these things. I had a vague idea to travel 800 kilometers a day, I had a map, and my dad had given me a contact from one of his childhood buddies who now lived in Adelaide. I figured I would be okay because I was staying on the main highway. Well, after I loaded my tent, sleeping bag, inflatable mat, cooking stove, and a bag of clothes, I didn't really have that much room for things like water. I took a few liters, but that was it. Some tools would be good in case my bike broke down, but I was mechanically illiterate, so what was the point?